Oscar, where's 1049 Park Avenue? This is 1049 Park Avenue! Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy? Hello, and welcome to 1049 Park Avenue, an odd couple podcast. Ted Linhart, Garrett Eisler here. Today, we are going to talk about season five, episode six, Strike Up the Band or Else, which aired on October 17th, 1974. This version is not on Paramount Plus. It is on Hulu and DVD. And what we've discovered during this process, which I don't know if is unique to this episode or something we just didn't notice before, is that in the past, the DVD and the Paramount Plus version seemed to have the same musical edits, as far as we could tell, unless we just never knew that because we never actually compared them because when we had it on DVD, uh, when we had it on Paramount Plus, we didn't need the DVD. And then when we had the DVD, it wasn't on Paramount Plus, and I don't think we ever looked if it was on Hulu until you noticed that this time, Garrett. Uh, but now we've discovered that the DVD and the Hulu versions have different musical edits. In fact, the Hulu version doesn't have any musical edits for this episode. So it, it, it seems as if who, the, the, the versions that Hulu is airing are either the same or similar to like what decades is airing. I guess so, which is uh, it's confusing to me because up they until have now, the, syndic- the classic syndication. Version. Yeah, but the streaming version shouldn't have. I mean, unless Hulu negotiated something to 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 pay for the, the linear rights, um, that it would be more expensive who to to keep the version with the musical in it because they have to play the music licensing rights, and I don't know why they would do that, especially because they have so few episodes. And what does it mean that the Hulu episodes, by definition, kind of are not on Paramount Plus? Is that how it works? Uh, I actually don't think that's true. Okay. I'm not sure that's true. I've not really spent a lot of time analyzing all this i feel like there are episodes of hulu on on paramount plus and there's a few episodes on hulu not on paramount plus and there's episodes of paramount plus same version when they're on yeah the versioning is what's confusing to me because up until now i because when the when the tv rights were created and orchestrated decades ago they the rights were part of it the musical rights and then when dvd and streaming came in they had to start new contract negotiations because there was no rights given for something that didn't exist and as we know, Paramount didn't seem to want to pay for rights for some songs for for the DVD version or their own version. So I'm not sure how Hulu, if Hulu did something different. I, I don't know. I don't quite understand it. There may be a, uh, there, there's probably a very logical explanation that if we was able to talk to somebody from Paramount about how all this licensing worked, we would understand it. Come but, on the show. Come on the podcast, Paramount. But uh, take the challenge. It's confusing to me. And as you know, I work kind of in this area and as someone who sometimes has to discuss all the different rights issues, it is very confusing. Um, I don't get involved with musical in this sort of weeds of like what song, what Cole Porter songs can you put? Tumbleweeds. Exactly. You yes. Yeah. I got it. What you know, what Cole Porter songs can you or can you not play and what versions I've that I don't get into. So anyway, whatever the reasoning is, which we're not gonna be able to figure out, um it is interesting if you have someone who want to go like really look at watch the odd couple and have all these streaming services and have DVD players like we do, uh, or I do. Um it seems like Hulu maybe has more musical, less. But the, the versions that do not have the musical cuts is at least based on one episode or this, ha- this episode. Maybe that's something we'll go back and look later uh, for one of our post-series uh, special episodes that we're going to do. Aha. All right. Who, copyright episode. Yeah. The, everyone loves a good copyright podcast discussion. <laughs> so who wrote this episode? This is by our old friend Rick Middleman, who we just discussed from uh, Rain in Spain, um, and has written some of uh, our favorite episodes, Night to Dismember, um, Gloria, Hallelujah. Uh, This is not his last. He has one more to go. We'll talk about that when it comes up. Um, 
I just, uh, you know, so we just talked about him. I'm sure I've recited his credits over and over. I'll just, looking at his credits again, I just want to single out one obscure title. Grady. That, not Grady, no. Okay, I was thinking a Grady podcast, but no, I can, I can raise you a CPO Sharky podcast. Oh, so, all right. I, well, that actually leads me to something I, I, I was going to bring up here, but I hadn't done yet. But you've done that. Do you have anything else you want to say before I tell you my little tale? No, please, please. Is it about CPO Sharky? It, uh, kind of. Not, not directly. Okay. So uh, I, since doing this, you know, I collect things. I collect memorabilia. I collect documents. And I started to think, oh, it'd be love, I'd love to have some sort of really interesting a copy of The Odd Couple play. Uh-huh. And uh, this is – and uh, it turns out – and I missed this because I, I do follow a lot of auctions. Somehow I missed that Don Rickles' estate auction happened a couple weeks ago. And at that auction was his copy of the Odd Couple play with his name in it because he had wow. done a version. He was in the play somewhere. Wow. And uh, it sold for like $750. And I would have I would have gone higher than that, I think. Um, I don't know how high. But it, I did feel some sort of like regret that I didn't know about this auction and wasn't able to compete for that copy maybe there are still some cpo sharky scripts that uh, although there were there were cpo sharky scripts at in this auction i i they went did they go everything sold everything sold nicely above estimate that i saw uh, there are some interesting items i really i love don rickles as you assume you do yes. um but there's no piece of thing he's done that i would love to own something of i would love to own something of his and this would have been a perfect combination own yeah, a don rickles right, right. and yeah i didn't his name is not one i remember from i mean apparently in the 60s and 70s it was constantly on tour and playing all kinds of venues i, I, I don't i don't i know he never did it on broadway but it's it seems like it was a very popular celebrity vehicle. Yeah. And including that's how Tony Randall got it first played it with Mickey Rooney, who he lobbied originally to do the show, the TV show with him. Um, so it seems like he must have probably did it in Vegas or LA or somewhere like that. I think the auction description. I assume he played Oscar too. I assume so too. The auction description may have mentioned where he did it. I just don't recall that. Um, I think what most CPO Sharky's not, I don't, A wasn't a great show and B, um, it's hard to find it, but there's a famous Johnny Carson clip yeah. where uh, you yet you say, yeah, like, you know what I'm talking about? Or you <clears throat> know, there are some very famous Don Rickles Carson clips. Well, first of all, Rickles, obviously yeah. I've been uh, decades ran. Speaking of decades, they ran a, um, a Dean Martin roast marathon a few over Thanksgiving and he was on some of them and it was great. There's a famous clip of uh, when Don Rickles guest hosted of the tonight show once he broke Johnny's cigarette box or something and johnny comes back notices it's broken on the air asks who did it they say rickles and cpo sharky was filming literally next door to carson so carson <laughs> barges in with a camera like a very letterman-esque type segment in 1977 <laughs> yeah. and 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 starts yelling at don rickles because he broke it wow. so all right well are we finished with the I only podcast? It because yeah. I can't believe I remember watching. CPO you do? Sharky. See, I don't remember watching it. You must have been. I seven. don't think that ever. I must have been at the time because that never went into syndication. I no, I don't. I don't uh, remember that watching that at all. Yeah. All right. So we open with Felix standing in the kitchen wearing an apron, and he dials the phone. He looks very annoyed. He's waiting for someone to answer. And when they do, he says, "Hello, New York Herald, Oscar Madison, please." He's not in. We'll let it ring operator. Sometimes he can't find the phone under the rubble. Hello, sports department. Is Oscar Madison there, please? What? He's out on an interview. Well, doesn't he know he's over an hour late for dinner, that I've got a meatloaf in the oven that's slowly turning into a footrest? Why doesn't he tell me before he goes out on these things? No, this is not his father. No, no message. And he hangs up and he continues to talk to himself. Felix does. I'm sure he'll come home in his own good time. I love the... uh... I love this is not his father. Yes. But it, it's it's but it's funny how they 
obviously that joke wants to go in a different direction about like oh his wife oh or his maid yeah, yeah. or his mother or his, had to settle on father. they didn't want to do any kind of gay jokes so they just or his, or his, father. Or his boyfriend or husband they could have been <laughs> yeah. uh but it's also a very bob newhart type that you know bob newhart on the phone repeating what the other person ah, is saying right so there's a bob newhart yeah. quality yeah, to it yeah. yeah uh so now after felix says as soon as Felix, it's a very weird cut here. Like it's very fast. As yeah. soon as Felix says he'll come home in his own good time, we immediately cut with no establishing shot, no music, no fade in. And we see a man who has got a beard and a mustache. And he says, well, Oscar, old buddy, you got any more questions you want to ask me about my football team? So this man is very recognizable to viewers of the time and maybe to older viewers today. It's Pernell Roberts. He started acting in TV westerns and crime shows in the 50s. He was on Have Gun, Will Travel, Zane Gray Theater, Bronco, 77 Sunset Strip. His big break came in 1959 when he landed in the role of Adam Cartwright on Bonanza, which he was in for 202 episodes until 1965. But the show lasted until 1973. And he left midway through because he did not think the show was very good and he was embarrassed to be on it. He also, I think, had a problem with the fact that there were no minority actors on the show. According to his obituary and playbill, uh, his obituary and playbill quoted him as saying once, and I don't know the source of this quote, but it's in the playbill obituary. Six seasons of feeling like a damned idiot going around me like a middle-aged teenager saying yes, pa, no, pa on cue. It was downright disgusting. Such dialogue for a grown man. I felt I wasn't being taken seriously as an actor, and that's like death to one's talent. Hmm. What's amazing about this is this was the number one show on TV when he left. Right. And to leave the number one show because you're embarrassed, it's gutsy. I mean, that's... that's Yeah, and apparently what you just said about him complaining about that there wasn't the, the show wasn't diverse enough, uh, is backed up by I looked him up too, and he was he was involved in the civil rights movement. He took social causes very seriously. So seems like he and he also I think it seems like he saw himself as a very legitimate theater trained actor who was felt this was beneath him. I'm, but actually, what stuns me now is that Bonanza ran like fifteen years, 14, 14 seasons, fourteen very, seasons. Yeah, wow. fifty nine to seventy three. Wow. One of the most popular shows ever on tv you know i mean that's like epic what else has run well gunsmoke famously ran 20 years so the westerns were happy days a happy days sitcoms well happy days ran a little 10 or 11 seasons so uh not that many shows have beaten this um law and order famously 20 seasons although coming back for season 21 uh gunsmoke 20 seasons um between 14 and 20 it's tough i mean simpsons is obviously yeah, 20 category by itself. Yeah, category by itself. It's, you almost can't count them. In terms of, of, of shows with live actors, uh, I think Ozzy and Harriet may uh, may top it. Very few shows. And, and when it comes to hour-long shows, uh, very few. Hawaii Five-0 is number one at 12 seasons. Right, but it was dramas. an hour-long drama. Western, yeah. yeah. So uh, it yeah. may be one of the top five longest-running hour-long shows of all time. Which, is, which I guess explains why uh, that was another show that I remember watching, not in its original airing, uh, but in reruns, it, I remember watching it well into the seven late seventies. I'm sure. Um, I didn't like westerns, so I didn't watch. It, it is. I actually kind of. Uh, I'm befuddled how why a kid like me in New York City was like watching Bonanza all the time. Yes, I guess you're the I only. A... <laughs> when we were in school, no one ever talked about Bonanza. You never even I think mentioned it to me. I was. Itself. I think I had passed that phase once I got to middle school, but. Um, I guess I found something enjoyable about it. So after Bonanza, he did a fair amount of stage work, uh, episodic TV, B-movies. He was on a lot of TV in the 60s, 70s. Name of the Game, Hawaii Five-0, Night Gallery, Vanacek, Mission Impossible, and The Odd Couple. He continued to do a lot of episodic TV after this episode, but then, and this is unusual, to get two chances to be on a hit show, he took the role of Trapper John M.D., of which he was the lead actor for the entire seven season run, 151 episodes. And of course, that's a mashed spinoff where he took on the role played by Wayne Rogers in the series. Right, he and was Elliot. not in any of the mash 
right the movie or the original show well i don't know if he ever i i don't remember if he guessed i don't think he guessed star no he wasn't in the movie and he did not guest star on the show as far as i could tell i don't i didn't see his and as you say he's playing a role originated by someone else by wayne rogers and elliot gould i mean mash i mean this is kind of like lou grant it's like you take yeah. you take a comedy a character from a comedy and put him into a drama and you get a hit like it's just it's very unusual to do that who would even think of doing that at the time i mean mash was still on the air in 79 so right. i guess they somebody it was somebody someone was it. still playing trapper Jones. no because wade rogers had left oh, okay. mash by that oh, point and okay. they didn't replace him so i don't think that's true um so, but anyway, he had another hit series and then he didn't do a lot after that, really. I mean, at least on TV or movies, he did a little bit more and he died in 2010. So after Pernell Roberts, whose character's name is Billy Joe, uh, talk says if he has- Oh, we're a, back to the odd couple. Yes, yes. Oscar <laughs> says- this is the longest we've gone in, in any uh, uh, session with, with the least mentions of the actual show that we're- podcasting about and you're making it longer by pointing that out <laughs> oscar says well, no i think i find this all very fascinating trivia i hope our listeners do um oscar says no no i got enough material for my column now this is the way a man should work see 10 questions and a winning hand i'm telling you and now the camera pans out and we show well, not pans out but we see a new a new angle and we see oscar's playing cards with pernell roberts and three other guys in cowboy hats uh, Purnell's character, Billy Joe, says, Sam, you still contemplating, boy? We're only in New York for the weekend, you know. So this is another poker player whose character is Sam. And he says, don't rush me. I got five cards, but only two eyes. Did you recognize this guy when I you saw not. him? His back is to the camera. I uh, true. You can see his face, but you're correct. It's hard. It's not easy to recognize him. This is Jim Bowles who was the minister in the first baby that Felix oh. is talking to. Well, he's great in that. I would not have recognized him. As and I don't know if we said this at the time, but um, I think maybe I heard this on the Honeymooners podcast. Shout out to, to them because they gave us a shout out recently. Uh, he, you were a fan. You remember the, you know, the funny money episode where uh, Ralph finds a suitcase of counterfeit money. Mm. No, no, really. All right. Well, anyway, there's a the opening scene of that episode uh, features the gangsters discussing the fact that they've lost this bag of counterfeit money. And one of the actors in that scene who has the least to do in the scene is Jim Bowles. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah, he doesn't do much, but you can recognize him, especially by his eyebrows. So Billy Joe turns back to Oscar and says, listen, Oscar, I'm giving this here charity bash Saturday night. And uh, I'd like I'd be mighty pleased if you and the Philly of your choice would consent to come. Oscar says, thanks, I'll be there. Billy Joe says, yeah, it should be quite a hoedown. I got the top-notch band, boy. I'm flying Ma Gump and her tumbleweeds in from El Paso. <laughs> Oscar looks at him and says, Ma Gump? And he, Billy says, the kindest, sweetest, most toe-tapping lady you ever saw, 58 years old and tobacco-spitting champ of Dawson County. Oscar now, says, I, had, I have to say, I have always assumed that this was someone real because it's just like there's such a reaction to the name but there isn't i and uh, and that yeah. led me down a rabbit hole to say okay uh forrest gump is obviously a movie from much later and it turns out even i didn't realize that bubba gump shrimp named oh, itself after forrest gump no well it's a character bubba gump but right. yeah In yeah forrest gump i had real idea nothing anything to do with the movie well because oh, I oh i thought everyone I knew i that. don't i don't go to chain restaurants ted so oh, excuse uh, me <laughs> sorry <laughs> Even though there is one in New York. Right? Um, there was one in Times so, Square. I'm not sure if it's there anymore. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I went looking, okay, is there any other famous gump? Uh, or is it is already here in the early 70s, a, it's already like a stereotype hillbilly name, I guess. And what did you discover? I just find it fun. Well, I mean, I, I have no, there are no famous gumps oh, okay. before forest i assumed it was fake i never even think about gump and forest gump i never occurred to me yeah uh so uh, sam now says now i got four red cards one black and i'm yellow i quit billy joe says well it looks like it's just you and me oscar and oscar says yeah billy joe cost you a hundred dollars to see me i hope that's not going to scare you 
Billy says, shoot, I tipped the cab driver more than that yesterday. Okay, buddy, here's your hundred and I raise you $500. Oscar says, you raised me 500? Listen, I got you beat, but I'm all tapped out. <clears throat> Billy says, well, let's not hassle over a few measly dollars. I'll trust you for it. Oscar says, you will? That's what I love. A gentleman's game. I got a full house, three kings, two queens. So he goes to take all the chips because he assumes he's won. But Billy Joe says, uh-uh, I'm afraid I got you whipped, Oscar, two pair. Oscar says, since when does two pair beat a full house? Billy Joe says, when there are two pair of aces. And he turns over his cards or shows Oscar the cards. And Oscar says, four aces? That's all there are. Billy says, well, you're a little short, buddy, but 500 bucks, that ain't much. Oscar says, no, that ain't much. Shoot, I tipped my doorman more than that yesterday. <laughs> and Oscar's now looking like sad and afraid because he's now in the hole for $500. And there's another man now standing by Billy Joe. And he says, Billy Joe, I got bad news for you. It looks like Ma Gump ain't going to be able to make it up from El Paso this week for the dance. She's in a family way, which of course means pregnant. And they just said she's 58. Well, that's what Oscar says. Oscar <laughs> says, I thought you said she was 58 years old. And Billy Joe says, well, now she's a right pretty girl when she's got her teeth in. <laughs> Which is not addressing the point. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> but um, it is, well, the, there's a follow-up. The next Mogump joke, too. This whole Mogump strain is really pushing it <laughs> in a really bizarre way. But go on. Uh, he continues to say, now, look, Dick, buddy, you're going to have to get me a real country brand pronto, boy. Dick says, this ain't going to be easy, Billy Joe. All the good bands is down in Nashville this week for that country music roundup. Dick is played by Dick Curtis, who has a limited history in IMDb, Jack Benny Show, Dick Van Dyke, Batman, Andy Griffith, and also some animation voiceovers. Billy Joe says, now listen, buddy, you're my business manager. Now come Saturday, I want to hear a band, no excuses. I want to hear a band, not excuses. And Dick says, I'll get right on it, Billy Joe. Oh, Oscar, about that $500 you owe Billy Joe, he'll take your check. Oscar says, well, that's no good. You see, this month's service charge wiped me out. See, and he takes out his checkbook and actually shows him this. So to be clear, what he's talking about is the service charge, the monthly service charge on his checking account. Yes. Which I know Five, is not a complete thing. Five dollars, right. But these days, you, we, we try to avoid, you know, there are yeah. many ways to avoid paying a service charge. But it's not that much money is the point. And that's right. enough to right. wipe him out. He really has no money. Yeah. He says, will he take an IOU? And Dick says, well, the last fellow that tried to give Billy Joe an IOU got about as far as the O. Oscar repeats, as far as the O? And Dick says, yeah, they found him a couple of days later coughing up the ace of spades. Oscar says, well, won't he give you some time to pay him back? And Dick says, well, how much time are you going to need? And then that leads to our first clip. Time you gonna need? Well, let's see. There's the back alimony, the bookie, the food. There's the rent. See, but I could stall the food and the rent about eleven months. Billy Joe allows only twenty-four hours. Oh, okay. I'll get it for my roommate. As long as you get the five hundred dollars up by seven o'clock tomorrow night. Well, don't worry. He's my best friend. When I tell him I'm in trouble, give me the money like that. I'll tell him what happened. I had a full house. A guy built four races. He understands about things like that. I'll check him into it. <laughs> the Odd Couple was filmed in front of a live audience. Hi, buddy. <laughs> don't ask me about my arm. I don't want to upset you. Pleasure it is to come home. Look how you set a nice table, you know? No matter what kind of a jungle it is out there, it's always so nice to come here. Flowers, everything's so nice. All right, Phoenix, what's the matter? Something's wrong, I can tell by your conversation. You're late. I'm sorry. You're over an hour and a half late. Wait, I'm sorry. Come on, let's see. We'll talk about my sore arm later. Okay? Come on, let's see. We'll talk about it later. What am I supposed to do? Go and get your food for you? What am I, your slave? From now on, you're going to get your own food. Do you hear that? What I'm doing now, I'm never going to do this again. What is this? It's next to my sore arm that hurts. It's your ex-meatloaf. Rest in peace. <laughs> not bad. Just need some ketchup at some point. See if I can open it. Oh. I don't know why I cook for you. Because people like you don't even appreciate a decent meal. That's why they have TV dinners. I said I was sorry. That covers it, huh? Uh-uh. 
I want your solemn promise that this will never happen again. Do I have your promise? Yeah, I promise, I promise. I've got a closet full of your promises. What's the matter with your arm? You noticed. I didn't want, I didn't want you to notice me. It upset you like that. What is it? What's the matter? No, no, you pull it. I was on the subway, yeah. 40 seconds feet. A guy got on, he must have been drunk. His head got caught right in the doors. I went over, I rushed, I opened the doors. Opened, he got his head up and landed my shoulder. Oh, oh but you saved that. Didn't it hurt. hurts, huh? Oh, yeah. But it's all right, I can live with it. I'm going to get a beer. You're coming with me. I'm taking you straight to the doctor. I've already been to a doctor. Now, I can do without the operation. What operation? I told you, if I get the operation, I can't afford it anyway. Don't die with your teeth. Let me oh, do this thank you, buddy. for you. Thank you. Thank you. How much is the operation? $500. Still, $500 is not so much for an operation. It is to me. You sit down. I'm going to loan you the money. Oh, no, I can't ask you to do that. I don't want to hear another word out of you. We're friends, aren't we? You do the same for me. Yes, you I loan know, me $500. I, mean, I, 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 I told you, I don't want to hear another word. I don't mean to do it. I swear I don't. Where's my checkbook? You usually keep it in the middle drawer, right? <laughs> Come home late for dinner, but you give me that sleazy story about subways and arms. Well, they gave it a shot. Didn't work. I gotta find something else. Thought you could play on my sympathy, didn't you? But I'm too smart for you. That $500, I'm telling you this, mister. It's earmarked for a trash masher. Why don't you give it to me? We'll live with loose garbage. Now, hear this, Madison. New rules. I'm laying down the law. From now on, no more late for dinner and no more crazy stories about the subway. Comprende? Eat your meatloaf, it's good. Will you stop nagging? I'll eat it already. And if you expect any dinner tomorrow night, you better be on time, because I'm having the sophisticados in. Who's sophisticados? You know my band, the sophisticados. Don't make any remarks. Come on. How's it doing, your band? I told you, no smart remarks. Didn't I? My band's doing all right. We need one good break, that's all. Yeah, like Ma Gump getting pregnant. <laughs> Ma Gump is pregnant. That's why you need the $500, isn't it? You're disgusting. This is the last time I'm getting your dessert. So before we talk about some of the dialogue, the visuals in there are that when Oscar comes home, he's holding his arm very overtly to get Felix to notice it. When Felix put the meatloaf down on the table, he puts, there's a rose on the table and he puts the rose on the top of the meatloaf, as he says, rest in peace. Uh, when Oscar, at the same time, Oscar's picking up a piece of the meatloaf with his hands or his hand, the good hand. Uh, then when he opens the ketchup, he uses his mouth because he wants to show Felix he can't use his arm. And then he lifts the arm like it's dead and puts it on the table, which is what we hear right before Felix notices there's an arm. But Oscar gives himself up because when Felix is looking for his checkbook, Oscar goes to open the middle drawer, but he uses the bad arm and gives himself away, although he tries to pretend it's still sore by yelling, oh, and grabbing it. Um, now, yes. aside from how much is already stretching <laughs> and how gullible he and Felix does turn out to be, don't you find it also especially odd that Felix's checkbook is kept in Oscar's desk? Oh, that's a good, I didn't even think about that. You're right. It is odd. Yeah. And like the only reason it has to be for this bit is that they don't want to leave the living room. Right. But I understand if Felix doesn't have a huge desk of his own, but surely is somewhere in his room, he could keep this. Why would he keep his checkbook in Oscar's desk? Unless Oscar is just like using it that much. Well, first of all, don't call me Shirley, but I do agree with you <laughs> that, um, that it is, it is a, yeah, it's a, it's a gimmick of the show to get that to happen and that the checkbook would right. be somewhere in, in Felix's bed next, probably bedside drawer or something. It's a good point. Uh, so, when, I, when Felix says, that's what you need the $500 for, there's two ways to interpret that. <laughs> there's abortion yeah, or there's, I need to send money to this right. no, woman I've I knocked think up. It's, it's the weirder one. I think this is like, that's what I mean. Like the Vagum thing is getting like really. So you think it's abortion? Uh, 
because I think the joke here, and it's not even, you know, Felix doesn't really mean it. Felix is making a kind of sick joke on purpose, saying, I bet you need $500 because you knocked up 58-year-old Ma Gump and need to get her abortion. Yeah, okay, that's right. It is pushing it, I agree. <laughs> and hey, you know, when was that Ma abortion episode? Or? And we, Felix doesn't know who Ma Gump is, right? Well, that's, okay. Well, just because there is no Ma Gump doesn't mean that she doesn't exist in the fictional right. universe. Yes. So it's possible. Well, Oscar, Oscar has never heard of Ma Gump. Except Oscar hasn't heard of her because Oscar oh, says okay. Ma So I think, I think we're not supposed to assume Felix knows who it is. It's just he's so he, reacting he's to the word. making up, reacting to the ridiculousness of the yes. name. Yeah. So maybe Felix doesn't know that she's 58 years old. Uh, true. That's right. She, he, she doesn't. He doesn't. That's right. But aside, okay. So I'm layering that onto how outrageous the joke already is. But even without Felix knowing, he's yes. I think the joke is you, you need five yeah. dollars because you knocked up my gum. It's and very. It, really- it is very funny though. <laughs> and he says you're disgusting. He says you're yeah, disgusting. yeah, yeah. He does. <laughs> so the next scene, we're back at Billy Joe's hotel suite. Dick opens the door for Oscar and says, hey, Oscar, you raised the money. You come to pay off. Oscar says, well, not exactly. Dick is upset at this. And he says, boy, howdy. And in a way that shows he's like uh, uh, upset or worried about Oscar not paying. Oscar says, wait a minute, will you? Now, did Billy Joe get a ban for the party? Dick says, no, he didn't. And he's all riled up. Oscar says, don't worry. I'm going to rile him down. And Billy Joe comes out now and says, dang, burn it. I almost got Ma Gump's sister, Hoedown Harriet, to play for us, but she won't work on Gabby Hayes' birthday. <laughs> okay, that is a great sentence. So that is just case, a great collection of random words. Now, for <laughs> listeners who may not know or know the name, Gabby Hayes, who was born in 1885, started in vaudeville, but became famous after he moved to L.A. and appeared in Westerns often as the sidekick, as kind of the... Uh, Grizzly old sidekick in the on Cassidy films. He also worked with Roy Rogers, Gene Autry, John Wayne. He had a TV show for four years on NBC from 1950 to 1954. Billy Joe sees Oscar and says, oh, buddy, you come to pay up? Oscar says, well, listen, Billy Joe, I've been thinking, you're a rich man. What does money mean to you? And Billy Joe says everything. Oscar says, well, I was thinking about paying you off in something more than money. Billy says, what do you got, oil? Oscar says something more important than that. I get a band for your party. Billy Joe says, don't play with me, buddy. Oscar says, I'm not playing with you. Now I can get you a band. It won't cost you a penny. I'll donate it to your favorite charity, which I don't understand. He'll donate what to his favorite charity? Yeah. Um, I think this, there's something confusing going on here about the nature of this event. Did Because later, Oscar refers to the the dance itself as a charity but okay. is that something that billy joe said not that i recall no he just says i'm wait hold on he says i'm having i'm going back to look at my notes of what i wrote down uh he says i'm giving here he does he says i'm giving here this here charity bash he does say that okay. but but he said i'll donate it to your favorite charity i don't still I mean, doesn't make sense the charity he's yeah doing this. right so it's a it's an odd I think we just, it's a it's an oddly written or said sentence. Maybe the script didn't say it exactly right. that way. Um, so anyway, uh, Billy Joe says, "Hey, you know now that would be really that would really pull me out of the well, buddy. You can get me a real country band." Oscar says, "A countryist." And Billy Joe says, "Boy, you get me a country band, and I'll forget the five hundred dollars you owe me." Oscar says, "Hey, it's a deal." Billy Joe says, "Hey, wait a minute, old buddy. What's the name of this here band?" Oscar hesitates. And then says, uh, Felix Red River Unger and his saddle sores. Oh, and they play the countryest music you've ever heard in your life. And cut to. So let's talk about, because this is a musical cut issue. So in the DVD version, uh, we cut to Felix and the Sophisticados playing at home. And this is the same group of people plus one edition that we saw in the drummer episode. We have Murray, we have Vern, and we have Alan. And now we see an addition of a bassist, 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 played by Morty Cobb. Uh, although his name in the show is not Morty. It's Bob, I think we find out. Oh, so you're saying in the uh, different drummer, Monty Hall episode. That guy wasn't there. I went back and looked. God, they're just, he's not replacing someone. They just no, didn't have. I don't think they had him. 
right, I don't think right. they had a fourth person in the band, but fourth besides right. Felix, a fifth person, I guess. Uh, so in the in the DVD version, what they're playing is Cocktails for Two, the song, but it's cut out. They like the last second, but in the Hulu version, it's there. So we're gonna. And I think this is a really unfortunate cut, as I think this episode is very problematic without the the musical cuts really damage this episode. Well, it's, um, it's this song that's cut out. Right. But I think it ruins a great joke. It does. Is, uh, where uh, yeah. where uh, Billy Joe and Oscar are going, is this a country? The country is. They are so country. Right. And a cut to the most sophisticado kind of song. All right. So we'll play the whole clip. It starts with the song and then it goes into the rest of the of the clip. In some secluded rendezvous, a rendezvous here with you, that overlooks the avenue, that overlooks the avenue, with someone sharing our delight, for chat of this and that, and cocktails for two. Most any afternoon at five, Sunday or Monday at five, we'll be so glad we're both alive, we'll be so glad we're alive, and maybe fortune will complete the plan that all began with cocktails for two. Felix Unger and the Sophisticados, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, that, that is so sophisticated. That is so good. We have not lost our touch, fellas. We're good. We're good. We're so, oh, boy. We're so good. How come we can't get a gig? We will. We will, Vern. It just takes a little time. That's all. Don't get down. Yeah, listen, I read somewhere where it took Ishkabibble a good six years before he made it big. There you are. There you are. I said we'd work. We'd be seen. We will. There's a call for sophisticated music. People hey, okay, your music sounded terrific out in the hall. Play another one, will you, fellas? Yeah, okay. Come on. Let's go. Did I hear anyone say horns up? <laughs> You're late again. What's your crazy story this time? Making a baby shower for Ma Gump? I'm sorry. Stuff your sorries in a sack, mister. Horns up. Maybe not interested in the job. In some secluded rendezvous. A rendezvous, dear, with you. That overlooks the avenue. That overlooks the avenue. What job? For you and the band, that's why I'm late. Where? At the Ritz Towers. It's for some football fans. You're here to see the Jets game. The Ritz Towers, <laughs> fellas. I told you we'd work. Oh, that's so great. I'm sorry I snapped at your Oscar. Some of your sorries in a sack, mister. Hey, that's a good one, Oscar. <laughs> How much should we get paid? Try nothing. Nothing? Yeah. Nothing doing, buddy. This is a charity. Your band gets to be heard by a lot of rich people. Who knows what can happen? Charity? Yeah. Do we have to dance with the singles? No, no mixing. What do you say? Ritz Towers. Hey, that's a very sophisticated room. Let's do it, guys. What do you say? Yeah, go, go, go. Thank you. Let's do a song for Oscar. Yeah, I like a folksy yeah. one. Number 23. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Folksy. Jeepers, creepers, where'd you get, where'd you get those peepers? Jeepers, creepers, where'd you get, where'd you get those eyes? Where'd you get them? Golly gee, when you turn those heaters on, woe is me, gotta put my cheaters on. Jeepers, creepers, where'd you get those peepers? All those weepers, how they hypnotize. Where'd you get those eyes, eyes? Where'd you get those eyes? So the reference to Ishka Bibble, uh, he was a comedian and cornet player who was born Merman Bogue. He appeared in the movies from the 1930s to 1950s. He was, I think, most famously associated with Kay Kaiser on radio and TV. And his name came from Yiddish words that either mean I should worry or it doesn't matter to me. It's confusing, like the history. I, why do I think, did your dad know Ishka Bibble? He, my dad worked on Kay Kaiser, yeah. Oh, and well, did the he? Kay Kaiser television show. So did he? Um, well, I wasn't there at the time, but uh, he, no, he never, well, he, I, I think he just worked, knew vaguely everyone on the show, but he, it's not like he knew him especially well. So Ishka Bibble wasn't like your godfather or something? No, okay. I never met the man. And I must say, um, well, I appreciate the reference. It's kind of a random reference for Murray to May. I mean, is that the joke? Is that's why it's funny? It's like yeah. of all the musical stars, he's going to talk. About. Uh, I, I mean, think it's, it's a combination. I think it was even kind of obscure then. I, 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 you're right. I can't tell if it's a combination. I think it's a combination of it's a if it's a it's a not a 
normal reference, but yet, and it's a funny name, of course. Yes, that's true. But it is someone who people knew definitely at the time. Certainly of that age, right? Yeah. Uh, it reminds me a lot of the, remember the la- during the last time that the Sophisticados were on, otherwise known as, they were known first as the Felix Unger Tree of uh, Quint, I can't remember. Felix, I don't remember. We, we forgot. Okay, someone will correct us. But this is the first and only time I believe they are called the Sophisticados. I, um, I would have thought it, I thought it was more than one episode. So it is interesting if that's true. Yeah. Um, but they would know the pre and the drummer, different drummer, they were not the Sophisticados. Okay. Um, but in that episode, they have a similar discussion about the, you looked up the whole Arthur Godfrey thing. Yes, right. Well, they mentioned Julius LaRosa. Uh, right. Murray does a Julius LaRosa, right. right? Yes. That's Which was another a f- singer of that era that they are, is like their first point of reference. It just, that made up, that was like a bigger story because of that whole yeah, scandal with, with Arthur, with, uh, uh, not Arthur Murray. Um, Arthur Godfrey? Arthur Godfrey. Sorry. Arthur is that what you said? Arthur Godfrey, you, right. Wh- whatever you said. I don't know what you said. Arthur Robert Godfrey. Godfrey. No. Uh, so let's talk about something that is close to both of our hearts here. Felix says, stuff your sorries in a sack, mister, mm. which is a line that became much more famous in the 90s when it was said on Seinfeld uh-huh. in the famous backwards episode where they go to right. the Indian wedding. Yes. Right. So that is not a coincidence. Oh, uh, apparently from my research, this was a line that was said in the show as a tribute to the odd couple because the director of that odd couple episode and many odd, odd couple episodes is Andy Ackerman. Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Director, director of si- sorry, director of Seinfeld. That Seinfeld episode and many Seinfeld episodes is Andy Ackerman, the son of TV producer Harry Ackerman and Eleanor Donahue. Whoa. Hold on. You're saying that Andy Ackerman, one of the main, I believe, like directed most of the, the, the latter. Like seasons, 889, I think. Right. Um, is Miriam's son. The actress who played Miriam's son, correct. Miriam's Miriam. a fictional character, but the actress who played her, yes. You've confirmed this. Oh, yes. This is wild. I had no idea that this, this direct connection. So that episode, that uh, reference from that episode, or that quote by George, or no, George, I think, is the one saying it. I hear him in my head. So. Uh, is a direct tribute to this because of Andy Ackerman, wow. who, who, who I, I mean, she's not in the episode, but clearly he's a fan. Uh, it's possible that this is being that on the DVD commentary, like maybe there's a DVD commentary of Seinfeld where he says this directly or because that's a lot of when I see Seinfeld trivia on IMDb or other places, often it's attributed to that. Uh huh. OK. But anyway, I, 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 I will continue to state just because that's what my research said that this is a that's not a coincidence that Seinfeld. We've mentioned Seinfeld connections before. Yeah, I've never a, a exact line like this, but, but I believe uh, that is an exact yeah. tribute. Yeah. Yeah. So now yeah. the next scene we see now we see the Plaza Hotel, not the Ritz Towers, which are both real buildings in New York. But well, sh- I looked this up, Ted. I looked yeah. this up, Ted. Uh, I believe there is there is there was a ritz tower which was uh an old hotel originally a hotel but by the 70s w- was already a luxury co-op uh on park in 57 yeah uh but there's no such thing as a ritz the ritz the ritz towers hotel you're saying or ritz towers hotel or yeah there's there's i think they kind of, and as you say they're showing the plaza. Yeah. So it's almost as if they're creating a fictional, I think they're creating a fictional hotel to substitute for the plaza because they don't want to mention the plaza. Okay. That's my theory. Fair enough. <laughs> so we see a large room. It's set up clearly for some sort of country music event because we see bales of hay. We see red checkered tablecloths. We see wheelbarrows. We see wheelbarrow wheels. Oscar opens the door and says, you don't want to see this room, Felix. Felix says, of course I want to see it. I've got to check the acoustics, the acoustics, the microphone. Oscar says, I already checked them on the telephone, whatever that means. <laughs> um, Oscar says, how can you check them out on the telephone? I'm sorry, Felix, Felix says, how Felix can you check them out on the telephone? It's a ridiculous thing to say, yeah. Yes, and that leads to uh, this next clip. 
What's this? What's what? Straw on the floor. It's right. What it looks this? like straw, doesn't it? What's this stuff? What is it? Oh, this is fertilizer. Yes, look at this. A nice microphone goes up and down for a nice singer like yourself. What a mess. Look who I'm talking to about a mess. The acoustics are pretty nice. You hit the straw, it comes right back to you. The skits, I'll tell you that. That's real wine. It's a big Felix, I don't listen to Scalos are a class act. We will not perform in this ambiance. It's a great ambiance. Maybe the other guys will like this ambiance. Hey, Oscar. Glad you're here, buddy. All right, Billy Joe. Nice to see you. Billy Joe, I'd like you to meet my roommate and your conductor for tonight. He came here to check the room. Well, now, I'm mighty pleased to shake your hand, Red River. (laughs) Red River. Where are your saddle sores? <laughs> I'm on. Come on, Red, let's go. Uh, so this good old boy's gonna make my people happy, huh? Well, I want to keep it moving, buddy. I want this place to shake like two tomcats in a gunny sack. I want action, boy, action. You're gonna have this place cleaned up, aren't you? Clean? I had these decorations flown in all the way from Texas just for this here barn dance. Barn dance? That's right. Ribs on a spit, beer in the keg, grandpa's dancing on a wooden leg. He kept on spinning around and around till he screwed himself right in the ground. <laughs> Can I talk to you for a moment, Oscar? So the next scene, we go back to the apartment. Felix was just... I just say I love yes. grandpa's dancing on a wooden leg. Yes. You can't say that. Nice little square dance song. I by, hate uh, square dance, by the way. So, <laughs> I do too. Yes. Uh, although in in this episode, it, it doesn't bother me. Felix is explaining to the Fist of Cados about the gig. Felix says, and that's what Oscar wants us to lower ourselves to: country music. Oscar says, "What's the difference? What kind of music can play? A band's a band, right?" Felix says, "That's from a man who had a jukebox at his wedding." And we were at. The wedding, right? Did we saw no jukebox there? Or did uh, we? No, because the wedding was on an army base. Yeah. All and right, fellas. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm presumably. Oh. I guess I had to. I did have to think about that when I was watching it, saying, "Well, there could be a jukebox at the army base, but that's not, as we all know, they not in the barracks." So uh, Felix says, "All right, fellas, all together, no dice, Oscar." And he starts to conduct them to say that in unison, but they don't say anything; they just stare at him. <laughs> yeah, it's a funny bit Felix keeps doing where he wants them. To, he conducts how they talk. He tries it again, yes, and they don't move again. Oscar says, "You mean you guys will play?" Murray says, "Maybe we should, Felix. Look, I mean, I'm a policeman. Alan's an interior decorator. Bob's a butcher, and Vern's a gynecologist." I mean, we're just a bunch of guys playing for fun. Felix says degradation is not fun. Murray says it could be. And the audience really loves that line. Vern says it will be fun. Bob's a great country fiddle player. Murray says, yeah, Oscar could play the washboard. Felix says he's never even been near a washboard. Fellas, I'm warning you, count me out. Alan, Vern, and Murray say in unison, you're out. Felix says, who will lead the band? Oscar grabs the baton and says, I'll lead the band. Felix says, oh, that's a hot one. Then he says, ho, 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 into his shirt sleeve. Why did he do yeah, that? That's a, <laughs> okay, my first thought is like, it's some secret service, like, you know, micro, like what you say into a secret microphone, a hidden microphone, but um, why would he be doing that? I don't know. Well, maybe a viewer or maybe a listener will tell us. Oh, maybe it's a reference to something we don't get. Or maybe you're right. Uh, Oscar says, oh, come on. You always make a big deal out of it. I could do it. It's easy. What do you say, fellas? Murray says, let's play, huh? And that leads to uh, this next scene. Thanks a lot, fellas. Just remember, without Felix Unger, you're not a band. You're just a mob. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have bigger fish to fry. I think he's a little peeved. Oh, he's a sore loser. What do we do now? We play a song. Which one? Billy Joe, you know what he likes? Uh, coming around the mountain, okay? All right, but you better lead us because we don't know this one too good. What do you want? Get with the baton? Oh, it'll be my pleasure. Well, it's easy. Go, here we go. the guy with the baton? <laughs> it looks so easy. Let's do something we all know, like I got spurs that jingle jangle. Okay, anything. Okay. Come on. Jingle, jingle, jingle. Wait, wait, wait. Vern, 
You're playing in the wrong key. Me and you guys are off. All right, Oscar, who was playing in the wrong key? Yeah. Sounded great to me. <laughs> Felix will know who's off. Oh, I sure miss Felix. No, I will get him back. How? Oh, play that Sons of the Pioneers song, The Tumbling Weeds, What a Tumbling Tumbleweeds. Play that. Sorry, Felix. And I'm sorry, Felix. Very good. You were in the wrong key before, Bernard. Yeah. All right. That detestable mountain thing. Horns up. Con molto spirito. She'll be coming round the mountain when she comes. Yahoo! She'll be coming round the mountain when she comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll yeah. be coming round the mountain. She'll be coming round the mountain. Yeah. She comes. So. And probably it's apparent in the clip, but when Oscar sings horribly, Felix comes out to see what's going on. He's got a disgusted look on his face and then he takes the band back over. So he's deliberately, yes. also deliberately singing terribly. Yes. To get, to get yeah. It's hard to believe, you know, that uh, Jack Klugman uh, was uh, in a major Broadway musical, Gypsy. Uh, but it's also true that he had like the one almost non-singing part in that show or he only had to barely sing a little uh so, but it's nice how he makes fun of that here by the way uh while we've been listening to all these songs that did not get cut from the show i've been looking up their status and coming around the mountain is indeed a traditional folk song in public domain but jeepers creepers uh, it doesn't seem to be it's hard to tell for sure but it was a song written in the 30s uh, and so Tumbling Tumbleweeds, also a song from the 30s written for a Hollywood movie. So not a traditional folk song. So it seems to me those two songs might not be in public, might not have been in public domain in 1974. And they might have some had chosen one over the other. I don't know. Uh, maybe they like, just were cheaper. Maybe they right different songs, depending on who owns them. Yeah, you have to right, negotiate, yeah. I think, each song individually. Yeah. Or unless you have a yeah, unless they're owned by the same co copyright holder. So the next scene, the band is dressed up. They're in cowboy outfits. We're back in the hotel banquet room that we saw before, and people are dancing. And now we have the square dance, which we're going to play uh, up until the tag. And because there's a very uh, there's a very terrible thing that happens in the tag, as far as terrible things can go when you're discussing an odd couple episode. So we're going to play the square dance now. River Unger and his saddle service, ladies and gentlemen. country music. I love it. What? This coming from the leader of the sophisticados? I love it. What can I tell you? Hey, Billy Joe, having a good time. Hi there, partner. Pull up barrels that spell. Think the rain will hurt the rhubarb? Not if it's in the can, it won't. <laughs> Oscar, I gotta hand it to you, old boy. That band is sharper than the keg. Oh, it ain't nothing. <laughs> well, thank you, buddy. You really know how to pay off on a poker debt. <laughs> on poker debt. I think I'll mosey on down now to the punch bowl. Just hold it right here. What poker deck? Felix, why don't you play Tumbling Tumbleweeds again? I love the way you do it. I'm they getting go crazy. the message. What message? You got into a great big poker game with Billy Joe Grissom, didn't you? Yeah, well, you? I went down the end of Yeah, and you lost your shirt, didn't well, you? Well, it wasn't like Then you had the bright idea of paying off with my band, right? Well, what was I going to do? I owed him $500. 
You sold out the Sophisticados for 500 measly dollars. How low can you get? Hey, Red River, our boots are cooling off, boy. Let's have a square dance. Yeah, Why don't you call the square dance? You can yell at me later, yeah? You call. What? You call it. It's your mess. You clean it up for it. Why do we don't hear any music here on your own, boy? Felix. Turkey in a straw, okay? So uh, when Oscar does the square dance, everyone's confused because he's just making <laughs> up stuff. How does Felix know how to do a square dance that well? Well, I don't know about Felix, but here's one of the, the funny ironies of this episode is that, of course, Tony Randall grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Well, OK, so, I know how Tony Randall can figure it out or so practice. May, I mean, of course, I'm not, I, he didn't grow up on a farm, but you know, he's still in the city, but I imagine he was somewhat familiar with those traditions being there. But who? Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about. I'm talking about Felix Unger. Yes, it goes against Felix's profile. Uh, but he, I guess, is a quick study. How about also impressive is how not only Felix but also Oscar are able to improvise rhyming yes. lyrics yes. Uh, to the square dance. That's, that's also funny? another. Yeah, I, I, I guess I give that a little. I don't know. Yes, it's also silly. Somehow that doesn't bother, not bother me, but it doesn't stand out. Yes, it stands out that he is able to, even when he's doing the the bad one, it rhymes. Right. Or, oh, or, I love, but yeah, the bad one is right, right. The fact that he, the bad that the bad one is as good as it is. is yeah, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah. I would love to. I, I should have transcribed uh, all of that because it's uh, my favorite. Of course, is like a uh, a dozen bagels and a pound of blocks. <laughs> right, right. Hey, we also get a shuffling <laughs> off the buffalo reference. Shuffling off the buffalo for the, like the third time in this right. show. Yeah. Uh, now, of course, the Indian style bit would not go over today. Ooh, no, no, they are actually doing a wah wah wah. Yeah, you know, no, that is they... not. And at the end, when Oscar dances, uh, he does actually well for a while, and then he gets very tired, and that's when he says, "This old man needs oxygen." Yes. Okay, so now we're going to play the tag as it exists on the DVD. And uh, you'll notice, notice uh, your uh, uh, 
uh, uh, the uh, the listener should notice how it ends uh, between the last thing said on the show and the end theme music. And uh, you'll hear the travesty that is uh, this musical cut. This is Felix Red River Unger and his saddle sores from high atop the beautiful Ritz Towers overlooking Gotham by the Sea, asking the musical question, good night. Now au revoir, a bit of a tweet tweet, a bit of a toodle doodle, bon cheerio, and good best friend anybody ever had. When I need you, you're always... That's the cut of my jib, partner. Cut of my jib. I should be angry at you, but I had so much fun, I can't be. Uh, listen, it's just one more thing. Don't let the band pack up. Billy Joe wants to sing one song. Is there no end? Is there no end? How long does it take to sing one little song? Then everything will be all right. Come on. So that's the DVD version, which is just ridiculous. Can, can you imagine if, I mean, there's no reason to presume that someone watching the DVD really remembers this episode, you know, by heart. And so that is just not an ending. No. <laughs> so now we'll play the what actually happened after uh, Oscar asks um, Felix to continue to play for Billy Joe. Anything you want, gang. Folks, I remember when I was just a little shaver, me and my grandpa Zeb would sit around the campfire under them Texas stars and sagebrush blowing in the wind, and he taught me this here little ditty. In some secluded rendezvous that overlooks the avenue with someone sharing a delight this and that and cocktails for two now that is on the hulu version um right so you could see it that way probably or on decades, probably probably decades, decades as well. At the end, Felix and Oscar look at each other, impressed with his voice. And Pernell Roberts actually. Yes, because Pernell Roberts turns out actually was a, a serious uh, singer. He recorded. So he did a lot of singing on Bonanza, apparently. And he also, when he was not on television, toured in some of the big musicals of the era. So that's it. I like this episode. Uh, it's got some great lines, very memorable moments. Uh, good guest star. Uh, the premise, great guest star. I, I great guest great. star. Uh, the good, it's a really good premise. It's a, it's a far-fetched premise, but yet it works somehow. Like it feels organic. It doesn't feel forced like other musical episodes can. Uh, so I give it four out of five Murrays. Well, um, I, are, I, I, I think I, I'm not as enthusiastic about the episode as you are, but I'm especially not enthusiastic about the version that is on the DVD. I think you have to remove that from well, the evaluation no, I, process. Just, I promise I will not. I don't think I will have to do this again, but I actually have two different ratings. Oh, boy. I would say okay. that the full version of the episode yes. is a three Murray episode, but the DVD version is a two. Okay. Well, in the official uh, records, I'm jotting down a three. <laughs> With or no split a the difference, no split the difference, no, um, no. <laughs> um, I mean, just to explain what why. I mean, cocktails for two is a huge, is a big part of the humor of this episode, and you need to hear them sing it. And especially the whole the tag. The one reason why the tag is so terrible when it's edited is like that's the whole joke is yeah. that when he gets a chance to sing, he sings cocktails for two, and it's also hilarious that they milk it. You know, he deli- he intru- introduces it as if it's going to be this country western song um they should yeah. have just cut it right after he finishes singing goodnight and he says 
asking the musical question good night right. why not just cut yeah, it there they could have just cut ended it with uh, felix and the subscott yeah that? right that way you would notice. or even just ended it after oscar collapses <laughs> no i think getting the last felix song yeah. in is fine but there's no well, reason they, to have yeah they need to pad it right they, they for, need no the not for dvd they cut a lot out of it they don't for dvd oh, not for dvd oh you're right right, right. who cares there's no it's, oh, it's, it's, i'd rather have i think it the viewer would prefer wouldn't notice it was shorter right but they notice like that this is weird cut it is the most i mean this is the part where i'm sure there are uh people who are thinking about these choices somewhere in the chain of command but this seems like one like cut the song and they just yeah. cut the song I don't without think... any thought of the consequence I, yeah i agree uh but anyway aside from all that um i just you know it's not as bad as but it did remind me sometimes of the greek Ooh, episode wow right. because of how much the square dance takes over the whole second half of it even uh, it's so elaborate they have these like overhead shots of the square dancers it's very elaborate they do yes but somehow that kind of just like if you enjoy square dancing that's great but it just kind of feels a little bit of felix and oscar at least evolved in the square dance in the gypsy that's the true gypsy thing is yeah. just and i don't know i greek thing the greeks i don't want to say gypsy greek thing <laughs> uh it was so boring here it well, felt it's not as it's not as bad but i felt it was like and also the fact that they're Felix and Oscar out of their element in this world. Uh, they're more out of their element of the Greek world than this. Yes, world. they are. Right. I know. Oh, as you say, right? Yeah. Not as much. But it just—it's just like started to like get this deja vu. But I think that. the Greek scene is much longer. I feel like that was three yes. minutes, and this no, was—you're right. That took a, that was a lot. This was thirty was seconds yeah. of of yeah. when it was just dancing. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I don't know about the fit. I mean, they make it work as much as possible. They make it or get the music. It's because the Sophisticados are Felix's group, so they can make that you know work as part part of the world of the show. Um, but it's an you know it basically seems like let's do let's have a reason to put Felix and Oscar to square dance, and it's fine. Again, you know, it'd be a three. The whole the episode on its on its intended in its intended form i'd say it's a solid three uh but in a way the cuts made me realize how little is there i see okay well if you have any feedback, oh, i want to say oh, pernell roberts is also i just want to repeat is excellent so he doesn't elevate it above a three though uh i'll think about it well, no, it's too I'll get late. Back to you. So <laughs> too late. The, no. the records are locked once we finish recording. Oh my God, I don't get to revise. Okay. No. Uh, so if you have feedback or uh, any uh, comments or questions or information you'd like to share with us, you can email us at 1049pod at gmail.com. Uh, and thank you for listening. And if you want to leave us a five-star review, that would be well appreciated. Uh, Garrett, I will not perform this ambiance. Uh-huh. Thank you.